I don't know, grant season. I got a grant due in two weeks. So, yeah, probably. Everything else in the world is just, I've become a recluse. That's how it works. Yeah. Grants, grants are weird because I feel like no matter how much time you give yourself, you're always going to be pushing it right to the last second anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me. My old advisor used to say it's because you can get more data in, you can do more experiments, and you can fit it all in the grant. And then now I just realize. Are you just a procrastinator? No, I'm not even a procrastinator. The thing is, is that I was all set up for, I thought it was a due June 1st. And so I had set up that trip to Wisconsin to be right after that. Mm. And I had everything all ready. And then come to find out that since this grant is a resubmission, I get an extra month. So it's due in July. Okay. So then I tried to quick hurry up and get a paper out because I submitted a paper mm-hmm. to the journal of, well, if, in case it doesn't get accepted, to a journal, a scientific journal. Would I know of it? Yeah, I've published in there before. Okay. But anyways, I so I, and I thought, okay, I can quick try to get this paper out because I have all the data and then I can add on my grant application that we have another manuscript submitted, which always helps. And so those things, the papers always take longer than expected because you're always editing and re-editing. So we finally got in that. I finally got that in like two days ago. And it's like, oh, now the grant's due in like two weeks. And we got one page done. A couple hundred to go. A couple hundred? Wow. With the auxiliary documents and stuff. The actual the actual grant itself, like you have a specific, a specific aims page, which is just like, this is what I'm going to, here's the problem. The mm-hmm. public health problem that we want to study. Opioids, right? Uh, yeah, I'm doing opioids. And then, <clears throat> like, here's a basic, quick overview of what we're going to do. And they call them specific aims. Like, you split the project up into, like, three aims. So, like, this first aim is going to investigate, you know, the interplay of some brain region with the airways. And the second aim is going to look at how modifying that pathway can change the effect of opioids. And then the third one is, like, how you can implement it into a drug to be used in the clinic, you know? That sounds like a lot. And then, well, I mean, yeah, that's so you just kind of have to be like brief with your words. But they, it actually has to be like relatively um, easy to understand because whoever is reviewing your grant likely is not an expert in the field. Mm, that's you know? annoying. Because you're studying the stuff. So if they're not studying the same thing, because otherwise you'd have two people studying the same thing. Yeah, but do they have any scientific background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're scientists. Okay. So they're looking for things that are perhaps red flags. Like, you know, one of the things that they're looking for is like, um, if all, like if all the experiments fail, do we still get something out of it? Mm. You know, does it have public health relevance? Yeah. Are the questions that you're asking actually answered by the experiments that you're doing? Are you using the appropriate amount of animals? Are things controlled for? All that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. And sounds so, like a pain in the ass. It's a game. Hmm. Can't be a game because you also have to market it. Not I mean, a game a, I want to play. It's a story. Yeah. You tell a story. A scientific story, I guess. Damn. That'd be compelling. And you have to, you know, say why it's new, why it's novel. All that kind of stuff. Sounds like too much. So... Well, I, th- I think it's kind of fun because it kind of puts together everything that you've been doing. Otherwise, you're just sitting there poking stuff in the brain. And But the grant is to get you more money, right? The grant, yeah, to get more money to, you know, do the science to pay your salary. Are you allowed to disclose how much the grant is for? Uh, typical grants run anywhere between like two to four million-ish for four years. Okay. 
So, God, then, that doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, it's it, it goes quick. Yeah, because you gotta, you know, depending on how you're structured, you pay your salary and paying for everything. You gotta pay for graduate students. You gotta pay for postdocs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it, it. I mean, there are if if it's like a fellowship grant or something like that, those are like seventy five thousand a year, maybe. So it's still a decent chunk of change because you've got to pay for your that's their wage well that's what the grant is so it like covers salary plus it covers some travel and for conferences and stuff like that and oh, okay. things like that so it's not their salary but hmm. yeah it's it's not as much as you might expect you can submit for yet. a lot more like there's no limit necessarily there might be a hard limit i don't know what that is but mm-hmm. you can like the the grant is dictated on your how much you budget for yeah so if it's justified that you need 10 million dollars then you can ask for 10 million dollars will they ever counter offer and be like you asked for four but we're going to give you two um yeah or do they just approve or disprove it no i mean your budget has to be your your budget has to be um reasonable Hmm. for what it is that you're proposing (laughs) okay you know otherwise you know you could put a bugatti in for your budget saying that it'd be more efficient to get to work. It might be. It would be. Mm, not in Seattle. No. Because then you're going to lose that Bugatti. Instantly. Because somebody's going to steal it. Oh, yeah. And then you got to go through the hassle of all of that. Speaking of which, why do people drive so slow in Seattle? Mm, I don't know. I think... Do you notice that? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, horrible. it's very cliche to say because everyone's like, why do they drive so slow here? Everybody drives. It's a generalization, but whatever. Yeah, but I feel like nationwide, I've driven in a lot of places in the country and Seattle has some pretty horrible drivers. Yeah. And there's no concept of a fast and a slow lane. No. Everyone's just matching the pace. Mm-hmm. Left lane, right lane, middle lane, doesn't matter. Yep. Same pace. You know what pisses me off when I'm driving is when I'm driving and I go to pass somebody yeah. and I speed up. To get around them, I turn on my turn signal, and then they speed up and just pace me. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I got into like I get road that rage over the weekend in Wisconsin. Yeah, typically in Wisconsin, you have the traditional: the right lane is the slow lane, and the mm-hmm. left lane is like going mock Jesus. Yeah, you know, you're either going 85 in the left or you're going 65 in the right. No mm-hmm. in between. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is good, and it's usually like two lanes because it's Wisconsin, Wisconsin, so. You got your left lane, your right lane, and your far left lane, which is in the field with the cows, mm-hmm. and also known as the winter lane. Which is great. Right, because sometimes you just end up in there. But um, yeah, I was like trying to pass somebody, and then at first, you know, they speed up a little bit, and you kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, mm-hmm. All right, maybe you're on cruise control, things getting a little squirrely, mm-hmm. your 96 Buick isn't going to... Keep the pace, you know. Comfortable get, car, though. Yeah. 96 Le Sabre. <laughs> Le Sabre. Is it Le Sabre or is it Le Sabre? I don't know. It depends if you're American or French. Oh, well, that's fair. Continue. Continue. <laughs> but then we were pacing like 65. I was going 70, 75. And then I was going like 85. And he's still right, keeping pace with me. Mm-hmm. And Maddie's yelling at me, of course. Of course. And you just think of that that meme or that gif or whatever. Where that guy's, you know, his wife screaming at him saying, we're not racing. Yeah, we are. He blanked. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That was the signal. That was the signal. We're going to go. <clears throat> yeah. So. That wasn't really that great of a story, but. It's how it goes, though. I feel like everybody's been in that situation. It drives me crazy, and I don't know why people do it. Because yeah. if I see somebody turn on their turn signal, just slow down, get over. Yeah. It will bother me if you, if I let you over, you get in front of me, and then you slow down to slower than I was going. Mm. Why yeah. the fuck did you get in my lane? <laughs> Do you need to be here? Because yeah, I do, do. You need to be here because I'm, I'm doing stuff. Yeah, I got places to be. Not typically, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. The traffic in Seattle is weird. Traffic in Seattle is ridiculous. You're either a okay, good to go, or you're gonna be sitting in traffic or ever, and there's Dude. not much in between. My girlfriend and I live like 13 miles away from each other. Hour. Easily. Easily. If there's no traffic, it's like 20, 25 minutes I can be to her house or she can be to my house. Yeah. But if she gets off work and comes over to my house, you know, leaving her area around like five-ish. Yeah. She won't get here until six. I could see that. And then if I stay at her place in the morning, I'll head home and I'm leaving at like, you know, 8 a.m. to go home. Hour. <laughs> Like for what? What are, what are we doing? And there's not even any blockages. You spend so much time just commuting everywhere here. Yeah, which is why I, I'm like, I mean, I might have to take something in person, mm-hmm. but uh, pretty much remote only or like hybrid. Yeah, I would do one at most two days a week in the office. Yeah, but like working remote, I'm saving two and a half hours a day easily just from not driving and not having to look for parking. Yeah. And like yeah, because there's no parking anywhere. No. And when you do park, you got to pay $15 a day, $20 a day yeah. to get into like an actual decent area because I'm not just leaving my car on the street. Oh, it'll be gone. Gone. I mean, the little parking lots all around yeah. aren't that much better, but at least I feel like... There's cameras or something. Not even that, dude. Like, I don't drive a super nice car, so my car is probably going to be Fine. less of a target. I also don't keep anything <laughs> in my car. Like there's a dog bed in the backseat and a basketball and a water bowl oh, in the trunk. That basketball's high commodity though. But it's in the trunk, so they don't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. But along with the bodies. I'm just hoping that some jackass in a Tesla parks in that lot. I mean, I don't want anybody's car to get broken into, but they're gonna choose a Tesla over a yeah. Nissan. Probably. So Yeah. Know, I uh yeah, I don't like it. When I was working in the office at my old job, that's how it was, especially commuting from here to yeah. there was like an hour and 10 minutes before the bridge opened up hour 10 minutes oh, to get yeah. to work easily that's why i started taking the bus took like 45 like, minutes just to get out of west seattle mm-hmm. took 20 minutes on the bus yeah and then a 10 minute walk and like five from my apartment to the bus stop yeah so much easier it, it's hard to you know if you if you haven't experienced a different way but like when we're in wisconsin one of the things is it's it's Everything's within like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but there's parking lots and there's driveways. Like the concept of parking eight blocks away from where you live doesn't exist. No. And so, I mean, maybe in small pockets or whatever, but for the most part, like if you're going to leave to like, let's say you have something going on at 930, you can pretty much leave anywhere in the city mm-hmm. at 912. And you'll be fine. And you'll be fine to drive, to park, and to walk in. And you're pretty much guaranteed to be there by 930. Yeah. Here, you got something going on at 930. You probably leave in... 745. Yeah. 745. <laughs> there's just going to be some bullshit along the way. Eight th- yeah. Because you got to like, you know, walk 
half mile out to your car, which takes a while because you got to cross mm-hmm. some busy streets. You got to drive. You're going to deal with traffic. You got to at least look for parking for a couple, 15 minutes. Yeah. At least. Yeah. It's everything takes forever to yeah. get anywhere. I, I don't get it. That's the thing I miss the most about living in Squim, probably. Yeah. It was boring as hell. There wasn't anything to do, but we lived in the center yeah. of Squim. So it was like everything was pretty much walking distance. You could walk anywhere. Driving anywhere was like five minutes. Traffic, like Quote. in air quotes, <laughs> traffic was like 7.45 to 8.30. Yeah. Because that's when people were dropping kids off at school or people were going to school. And then the second burst of traffic was like 2.45 to 3.15. Yeah. Outside of that, no such thing as traffic. And it was beautiful. But you can get so much more done. You can do anything you want. <clears throat> you like, can wake up. You can work out. <clears throat> you can go to work. You can mm-hmm. come home. And then you still have a, a long time to get things done. Yeah. When I was working... um Building snowboards at that factory. Started yeah. at 5. Would leave my house at 4.45. Stop at a gas station. Still get to work on time. Early. Yeah. And then I would get off at 3. Clock out was home 3.10. Yeah. You still got the whole day. Yeah. Like it was. I would go home on my lunch break. And I had a 30 minute lunch break. And I yeah. could go home. Make food. Let my dog out. Go back to work. And still yeah. have time to fuck around and play basketball. Yeah. Like at the shop. It you was build things, you work on things. It's here just, it's like you work even eight to five or whatever. You're done. You're done. That the day's over. You're maybe you're gonna done. be eating dinner by nine. Yeah. No, that's like I have very few friends that actually work in the office, but I have a buddy that's a plumber. Yeah. And um he'll leave his house and so he's in an apprenticeship right now, but he'll leave his house, drive to the plumber's house. And then they have to drive from Renton to West Seattle. Yeah. And that's like a 45-minute commute. They get to the shop, and then they have to, like, load everything into the truck or the van or whatever the fuck they're in. And then they have to drive to these job sites. So, technically, he works 9 to 5. But he'll... He'll leave from 8 and get home at 7, maybe. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Because he'll hit me up and be like, oh, do you want to get food or something like that? Or do you want to get a beer and play pool? And I'm like, of course, I'm down. Yeah. Let's do it. When do you get off? And he's like, oh, last job is at like four. It's a quick job. So I should be out of there by five. And I'm like, okay, cool. Expecting him to come over at a decent time. And I'll text him at like 530 and be like, yo, are we still hanging out? And he's like, yeah, I'm on my way back from like fucking Linwood an hour <laughs> yeah. back to the house. Yeah. I'm like, what? It's just, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, oh, that's it's insane. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not against long hours. There's a difference between long hours and wasting time. And wasting time. Mm-hmm. And commuting and all that kind of stuff. To yeah. me, wasting time. Yeah. When I was over here, dude, like when I first moved to West Seattle, yeah. I would work. I'd wake up at 5. I'd go to the gym from like 5.30 to 7, get home, eat, take my dog out, and would be in my chair ready to work at like 7.45, and then work until 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. And like it was annoying because all I did was work. It felt like work and go to the gym and then like rinse and repeat. But I worked from home. And there was no commute. And it was like a 10-minute walk to the gym. Walk yeah, my dog throughout the day. Twice as much time. Everything was walkable here. Like yeah. I could walk to the grocery store. I could walk to go get food whenever I want. I could do everything just with my feet. Yeah. And I would go like a week without driving sometimes. Yeah. Like if it was super busy, I didn't have anything going on. Go a week without driving. And it was fucking beautiful. 
You just don't have to <laughs> it clean. It's incredible. Anymore. Incredible. Yeah. And it's like, it's driving me crazy. It does. It drives you in insane because you sit there and it just strikes home. But yeah, you, you just sit there with frustration mm-hmm. and you can, I don't know, it build, it wears on you. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it because it sounds stupid to say like it wears on you, but it, it does. It does because you're just, you're at the mercy of the crowd. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. Maybe it's just because growing up in the Midwest, you're, you have a bit more control over it's your just time. More freedom. It's like f- genuinely freedom of movement. Yeah, yeah, freedom of movement. That's, That's a good way is. to put it. Like you have you have control over your time for the most part, mm-hmm. besides like your obligations of when you're going to be at work and stuff like that. But like, but going, it's like a one off thing if you're stuck somewhere. Yeah, against your will. Yeah, here every day you're stuck against your will somewhere. You have no freedom of movement. Just waiting for someone to move. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Like uh, there was a handful of times when I lived in Squim where there were like massive. Traffic jam events, once yeah. again, in air quotes. One of them, some dude had a bunch of donkeys, <laughs> and they escaped their pen, and they were just running through the city. And the cops, like, had That's generally out. entertaining, though. So entertaining. And it was, like, an interagency operation. We yeah. had, like, there's FBI out there. Chasing ass. There's, like, Border Patrol out there, um, Fish and Wildlife, city, county. Firefighters were out there with trucks, like, blocking off roads. Trying and, like, to get these whole donkeys. Half of town was blocked off. Yeah. And they're just trying to wrangle these dudes up. There's people volunteering on like horses to go and lasso these fucking donkeys. <laughs> so that's like a two hour traffic jam. But you can still skirt around all of that stuff easily because there's 6,000 people in the whole town. Yeah. And that's spread out over yeah a good amount of distance. It's a different experience. Dude, I'm, at, at, I'm fired some up. Some people, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm pissed off. Just you struck <laughs> a note with me too. God, you say what you will about the flyover states, but there is a there's a life there. There is a life there, and it is a good one, dude. So I went hiking, met uh, my girlfriend's mom for the first time, like two weeks ago now. Huh? You're uh, still here? Huh? You're still here? Still here? It was a great time. She huh. was wonderful. Um, but we like get to the top of the mountain, and her and her her mom and I are talking and just bullshitting around, and my girlfriend is like, "I think I want to get out of Seattle." And her mom and I like stopped the conversation. We're like, what? She's like, I just don't really want to live here anymore. Like it's it's too busy. There's too much. Like I just want things to be calm. And I start like rattling off like we can go here. We can go here. We can go here. And what does she tell me? She's like, I'm not moving to middle America, but I'll go anywhere else. And I was like. <laughs> then you're just going to get Seattle, but in a different climate. <laughs> yes, pretty much. But I think that there's some hope. Yeah. I would move, like, dude, you know where it would be kind of cool to live is Bellingham. Yeah. Very outdoorsy. I just, the thing about being on the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest in, spe- in particular, is you're very far away from, any, if, if you have contacts or anything on anywhere else in the U.S., mm-hmm. like, it's a long way. Well, yeah. Like, yeah i mean because like what contacts do i have and what what am i doing that's true i mean so i'm saying like if you have well i guess yeah you're right okay yeah but like anywhere you want to go if you want to drive you got to go over the mountains which is going to take a long time and flights are going to be four five hours minimum yeah i mean so like middle america yeah you can go east coast west coast right. in a relatively short time it's right. like three hours travel to each like when i went to new york it was like I think three hours to Detroit and then two hours to LaGuardia and then same kind of thing back. Yeah. 
but it was split up because we had a layover. That was nice. But I do remember thinking like, damn, if you just lived out here, you go to New York in three hours. You go to Seattle in three hours. That's nice. But I'm not traveling like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I I wasn't a huge fan of West Coast time. We're just, we're just dumping now. Mm -hmm. We're just unloading right now. (laughs) Oh, dude, let's, let's get into it. We started off with a grant. We're going to go here and then see (laughs) That just triggered, triggered it all. This is a good conversation to have though. It is true though, but like West Coast time, these are things they don't tell you. Like some people like it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't particularly like West Coast time because any contacts that you have on the East Coast and in Central Mm-hmm. us like they're done work by the time it's 2 p.m here yeah and so if you have a meeting you're either you're either meeting at 4 a.m or or like just in the, I, well i think the thing is is like just throughout the course of the day when you're working mm-hmm. sometimes something comes up and you think oh i need to send an email to the this person that's in wisconsin or this person that's on the east coast yeah but if it's after two or something like that like they're the already next day yeah they're already gone it's next day so that that's the thing that sucks because i feel like you get to work, and for the first part of the afternoon, you're doing your stuff that you already have planned from the day before or something like that. And then then once you get into the afternoon, that's when some of the things start to come up where you think, oh, I have to ask a question or I need to contact this person. Yeah. But they're already done. So then you got to wait next day air. And, uh, Which I have experienced that. Yeah. Or, or, cause then you, or, or you have to wait an email early in the morning because you want to be at the top of the inbox, you know, because mm-hmm. you get inundated with emails. Yeah. You don't want to add, you don't want to be that guy and send an email every other day saying, Hey, just, uh, following up. Yeah. I experienced that when I was working <clears throat> like early on in my career, worked for a couple companies on the East coast and it was like, Oh, we're going to have a meeting at 9am. I'm like, you guys realize that's six o'clock in the morning for me. It's <laughs> so when we're doing it, man. It's like a meeting with, uh shareholders or some bullshit yeah. or like we're meeting with the ceo of this company fuck all right you're like cool i'm up at 6 a.m like i'm doing this meeting and then i'm going to work out so yeah i'll be on at my normal scheduled time yeah you do time. get caught in a lot of those where you're on an early meeting then you go and work out mm-hmm. and you go to work so everything's like kind of broken up anyways hashtag God. triggered triggered dude triggered speaking of triggered has been on my mind chimp nation such a good show. That was incredible. Crazy. I don't know how much was CGI and how much was... I think it's all real. I don't think any of it's CGI. Well, the story was made up. What do you right? mean the story? Well, because you don't actually know what their intentions were. What do you mean their intentions? Well, I mean... Like, like they're talking about hunting? Well, you can you can observe their behaviors. Yeah. Right? You can see what they're doing. But like you don't actually... Like when they say that this one chimp is testing out another one or something like that. Like you kind of have an idea. You don't really know if that's the intention. You might though. You might. I know what we're talking about here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What was his name? That one that was trying to get to overthrow the leader. Jackson. Jackson. Well, Jackson was the leader. Yeah. Um, God, what was his name? But the, the second in line one, not second in line, but the one that was trying to overthrow Jackson or whatever, you know? And so like there was times where there was some scuffles. Mm hmm. And there was times when they were just sitting each other and trying to groom each other or whatever. So, like, you kind of don't necessarily understand. I mean, you kind of do, though. I feel like... Like, think about how important body language is in humans. Well, that's the thing is that as much as we don't want to admit it, we're not that far biologically removed from chimps. The whole time I was watching that show, I was like, damn, these are just... Little humans. Like, when they're posted up in a tree, 
just laying back with their arms up behind their head and like their little <laughs> foot up and over Leg their crossed. knee. They're just chilling. Yeah. Chilling. And but it's the crazy humans. thing is though that like the majority of those primitive instincts, hence primitive primate, mm-hmm. we have. Yeah. They're all there. All those instincts are there. The only major difference is they have, you know, less of a developed frontal cortex. Yeah. Which pretty much just allows a little bit more complexity and emotions and allows you to somewhat forward forecast mm-hmm. things to occur, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you you know that if you do X, then Y might happen later on. Yeah. Or is there like, banana, eat banana, feel happy. They're not like, if I eat this last banana, we will never have a banana tree grow ever again because we need the seeds, you know? Yeah. Kind of thing. That's true. Whereas we can sort of rationalize those kind of things. I think, you, like, you see it... What. What I think is crazy, too, I love observing animals because it's just like... Interesting. It's interesting. And it's just like, even going to the dog park and just seeing how animals interact, mm-hmm. it's kind of wild. But anyways, the like the fighting, the combat or whatever between the ape or the chimps or crazy. whatever. What's crazy is like when you watch dogs and you watch, not that I'm saying that there's dog fights, but like at the dog park when there's a dog fight or something mm-hmm. like that, or when you're watching the chimp nation and the, and the chimps are fighting each chimp other. Empire. Chimp Empire, not Chimp Nation, whatever. Correction. Same thing. <laughs> Correction. But like, there's these moments, it's like these little spastic moments where they're like going at it and then they both stop. Yeah. And they both are like literally standing shoulder to shoulder, touching each other, just sort of looking mm-hmm. around like, uh, oh, and then I was like, go at it again. Yeah. And they'll stop. They're like dogs. They'll be like, rah, 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 rah. and they'll stop and they'll both be panting. Looking around, wagging their tails, mm-hmm. and right back at it. And you're like, "What yeah. is going on?" Because I mean, do we that can in kind of. Though? What's that? You ever do that in jujitsu? Well, in jujitsu, but that's sort of a that's sort of a contained form of combat, right? Yeah, but I mean, you'll be rolling really hard, and then something happens, and you both just stop. Yeah, that's and you true. just both have grips, and you're looking at each other and like panting. Yeah, that's true. And then somebody shoots for something. But I feel like there's. I feel like with their situation, it is life or death. Yeah, because they can die, you know. Because they're going. Well, you could blood. die if you don't tap. Yeah, you can die if you don't tap. Some people would rather. But I mean, like, there's this there's triggered this again. Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there's those times though when it's like they're just I don't know. Like we can sort of rationalize if I stop fighting for a second, mm-hmm. that's probably not a good idea because yeah. it's going to give the other person an advantage. They're just like, eh. yeah, but there's weird. There's like, like whatever lols. Just in human life as well. Yeah. I don't know. That's fair. But the storyline of that was crazy. And my girlfriend and I watched it on a Sunday like morning, woke up, just went and got breakfast, went back home. It pulls you in. Dude, I was like, oh, I heard about this on a podcast. I just want to watch the first episode. And not expecting her to really care because it's just like a random nature documentary. Yeah. And we've never talked about nature documentaries. One episode in and then we just laid in bed for like five hours straight just Oh, it it. sucks you into the void. You got to watch it all. You got to see what happens. R.I.P. Meat pie. Pork pie. Pork pie. (laughs) Dude, your language today is just (laughs) not there. I got like 15 minutes of sleep. That happens to the best of us. Dog sitting, you know? Yeah. Yes. Dog sitting a puppy and a big puppy. Couldn't imagine. Yeah, I feel like having a dog in an apartment. Hmm. You you sort of it's I don't know it's just so weird. I guess it's an exception. We have both pretty calm dogs now. Rue's pretty. You calm. and I. Yeah, 
Uh, well, Rue's pretty calm now. Toph's a house cat. Toph's a house cat. But I feel like when you, in dog's body. when you live by yourself with a dog in an apartment, mm-hmm. you sort of form this symbiotic type of relationship where mm-hmm. you both are somewhat docile. Yep. Because you, be. you form a community and like any psychosis within this small little ecosystem that you're living in just disturbs the balance of livability. Yep. And so you both just sort of exist together. Yeah. Farm dogs, like true farm dogs, like it's incredible what they can do. Mm -hmm. Like if you put Rue out in a field of sheep, he will get trampled. Mm -hmm. There's not a chance in the world that I would believe that he would be able to wrangle up a herd of cattle. No. None. Zero. But like true working dogs or something like that. Yeah. Like given the space to Like collies. It's just like that drive Mm -hmm. that, you know, you could hit him with a, a... two by four and they're just going to keep going dude it's insane to watch like actual farm dogs get out there and work oh yeah it's so impressive especially looking at yeah like Toph. yeah i wouldn't trust Toph to wrangle like two common house flies yeah let alone sheep but i think if he went in a field with sheep he would just in the corner yeah look but i feel like rue is like no he'd be all right staring at a blank wall for a couple hours if Hmm. need be same with Toph. He's all right with like, okay, I got nothing to do. I'm not going to have. Can we pause? I don't know who the fuck keeps calling me. Bro, is this Kina? Is this no. Kina? Eh. Fucking all right. Wrong number just called Zach. Wrong number. Sorry about that. Had to interrupt. Could be Kina. <sighs> I am That's not. your name. Anyways. Anyways, Rue's staring at a blank wall. For Rue could stare at hours. a blank wall. Toph could stare at a blank wall. Oh, Toph does stare at a blank wall. Yeah. All the time. You know, they're always like willing and ready to help and everything with mm-hmm. whatever job or task that you might be able to give to them. Oh, yeah. Even when they can't help. I was clearing out my uh, drain in my bathtub today and yeah. Toph was just sitting there staring at me the yeah. whole time. Just watching me work. Yeah. But I feel like then, you know, you take them out into public and they're just sort of like, oh, hi, 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 yeah. hi. Love just it. love it because it's like stimulation. Mm-hmm. Take those uh, farm dogs. They just, they won't even look at you. No. They're just gone. Beeline. Don't even, like, you can yell, scream at the thing. Doesn't matter. No. Got a task. Anyways. They're impressive. Impressive little creatures. They are. I don't know. This is how it goes. But you, wait, you rescued Toph, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got him from a shelter over in eastern Washington, dude. They found him in a junkyard. A junkyard? A a junkyard. Is that how he lost his eye? No, he was just never born with an eye. Yeah. I don't really get that, but the eyeball's not there. Tear duct and everything is there. And the vet never saw any uh, like damage or scar tissue, so they don't think that it was like lost in a fight or anything like that. Huh. Just didn't have an eye. But um, yeah, the owner of the junkyard found him and a female dog and like six puppies just underneath the truck one day. Toph's and a dad? I don't know if Toph is a dad because it did not look like him. Uh-uh. So he might have just been the dad that stepped up. Stepdad. You know, stepdad. Did you know that mice, mm-hmm. so they have, I don't know if we talked about this, but like there were some studies that were done looking at like what makes a good breeder and what makes a not a good breeder mouse. Of, okay. Of like Because like for mouse. scientific studies, you have to breed mice. Yeah. Right. It's a sort of the unknown, not the unknown, but it's the thing that you don't necessarily think about that you have to like maintain a colony of mice. Yeah. 
Because like you always like if you're studying mice or rodents or whatever goats and sheep, you're not just going to Petco to get mice. Yeah, you're not just gonna drive over to Petco and pick them. Like you have to have specific ones, and like mm-hmm. a lot of them are specifically genetically crossed and all that kind of stuff. And in order to maintain the lines, you have to breed them. And so you have all these different cages set up with different breeders, and like you have to time it so you know that if you put a male with a female, you're probably gonna get pups in like 21 days. Do they call baby mice pups? Yeah. Wow. Mouse pups. Mouse pups. That's really cool. But like the thing with mice is that um, if there's like anything slightly suspicious going on, mm-hmm. they'll just eat the pups. Yeah. Damn. The, mo- the mom's dead. Like they'll just eat them. If it's slightly cold or something like that, pups are gone. So it's got to be perfect conditions. Perfect conditions. If there's vibrations from like construct, like if there's construction going on, even across the street or something like that, mm-hmm. your mice won't breed. So how do you protect them? They're super sensitive to everything. So you have to like, within a lot of the research institutes, there's a lot of communication to be like, you know, hey, there's construction going on this week or whatever. So you have to sort of compensate for that. Wow. And a lot of like the phenotypes of like hypertension or anything like that, like you have these mice that are spontaneously hypertensive or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of it will go away during certain conditions. So you can have like this thing that you're studying for the last five years of like some, I don't know, some drug induced blood pressure change mm-hmm. and then there's construction that starts to go on within the building and suddenly it'll be gone and That's so weird <laughs> yeah so dude mice are finicky they're finicky but like they were studying what makes a good you know mouse mom mm-hmm. and what makes and a lot of it had to do with their ability to build nests mm-hmm. so like they build bedding so you give them bedding and stuff and they like build these little nests what's the bedding made out of uh just like cardboard like tissue paper type stuff uh. <clears throat> and some, I don't know, looks like the inside of a pillow almost. Okay. Just, just bedding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. And, uh, so like the ability to create good nests, like maintain temperature and all that kind of stuff is what made it good. But they, what they were finding was that like you can take a good mouse mom and she'll always be a good mouse mom. Cause you, you know, they have like eight, 10 litters. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a bad mouse mom, like, on their own, they will never become a good mouse mom. So, like, so if, you like, train them. Yeah. So, like, if you have, if it has one bad series of pups, then it's not really necessarily worth trying to keep breeding them because it's not like it's going to get better. And so, but they were finding that you can take mouse midwives. So, you can take a good mother, mm-hmm. put it in. So, once the, once the mouse, back it up. Yep. Male mouse, male mouse and a female mouse. Mm-hmm. Love each other. Yep. Stork comes, brings babies. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> you take the dad out. Mm-hmm. You put in a good mouse mother. Mm-hmm. It can act as a midwife to teach the bad mouse mom how to make the bed, like make a good nest. And then you can take that subsequent previously bad mouse mom and then it'll be a good mouse mom from then on. Wow. Wild. Which is, is like, crazy. it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, but if you have like specific, like the weird thing is, is like with the genetic modifications in animals, mm-hmm. like if you make certain gene knock-ins or knockouts or something like that, you know, so the mice are glowing or if they're, yeah, you can do some crazy stuff and, or, you know, there's certain proteins that they're not making anymore. So you can study the function of that protein by getting rid of it, wow. you know, but a lot of times those are, they're really bad at breeding. Because they're, I mean, they're very uh, sort of a primitive type of 
species, right? And so, like, yeah. if there's something wrong, something seems off, then they're not going to breed because they're not going to progress the, the the germline, you know? Yeah. And so, but if you have, like, a very specific genetic mutation in them and you're trying to get them to breed, sometimes it'll take very, 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 very long. Mm-hmm. So if you can increase the survivability of those pups so that you have more mice to study, it's a good thing. So it's wild. I never knew that they were so in-depth. I never thought about like a Yeah, a if good. you if you have a good mouse technician, they are worth their weight in gold. Mouse technician? Yeah. Is that a legitimate job title? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How much and do they get paid? How much does a mouse technician get paid? Yeah. Uh, they're on the hourly pay scale. Okay. So usually, that. usually like a bachelor's degree is required. In what? In biology or zoology or something like that. <sighs> it's the same. It's the same as like a lab tech or something like that. Yeah, but I would love to tell people when they. Oh, what do you do? Like I'm a mouse technician. It's probably. yeah. It's a pivotal job in research. If you can have a good mouse tech, mm-hmm. you you will prosper. They are. Man. If you get them, keep them. Can you just get like an so is there a like a mouse tech boot camp that we can create? I think they have to go through some sort of course. I don't yeah, but I mean like, like institutional course, obviously. Yeah, but can we speed run one of these things and just start pumping out quality mouse techs? If we could. Millionaires. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it, I mean it, it really is an underappreciated oftentimes. There's lab there's like uh facility tech appreciation weeks and Wow. Get them something good because they are if without them you have no animals so you have no animals if you're doing this type of research you have no research yeah yeah so but the good ones are like they'll handle the mice because they have to change the cages out a lot right Mm -hmm. and so if you have a colony of you know 100 cages which isn't abnormal you know how many mice per cage anywhere between if they're breeding there's two but then they have the pups which is like you know eight ish pups Mm -hmm. so it's like 10 but most of them for adult mice five five mice all live together mm-hmm. in one little like condo yeah the cages are pretty big okay okay but let's say you have 100 cages five mice per cage ish that's 500 mice like that's a lot of mice that's a lot of mice and you got to try to keep track of them because they kind of look the same yeah, and so like shit. if you have one that's you have a high blood pressure mouse and like mm-hmm. a normal intensive mouse it's kind of hard to just look at them and be like that's the high blood pressure one can you do any, like little? You can do ear punches. So like you, you, it's like a like a hole punch. Yeah, it's like a hole punch, but you do it when they're tiny, so they don't feel it. I don't believe that. Or you can anesthetize. Yeah, that they uh, don't feel anything. Well, or you anesthetize them. They'll be anesthetized. All right. Still. And then uh, do they get Vicodin when they wake up? I mean, yeah. There's painkillers and stuff. Wow. But anyways, then or there's uh, so sometimes they'll like clip. They'll just make like a slit almost. Mm-hmm. So there's either like, you'll have like top, middle, left or whatever, or like mm-hmm. two left, one right or something like that. So there's like different numbering systems. Wow. Some of them have ear tags, which are mm-hmm. really tough because they're just like, if you ever see like a cow that yeah, has like that's an ear say. tag, well, theirs is basically, it's like a little metal mm-hmm. tag with just like a stamped number. Yeah. And it's really hard to see because you got to grab the mouse and you got to try to hold it still. Yeah. And like look at the tiny number because it's got to fit on a mouse ear. <laughs> so, you know, I don't like those. But can't you, can you like chip them? Uh, yeah, that's actually, we have that. I can scan them. Yeah. So you can insert a little chip 
mm-hmm. like just under the skin yeah subcutaneously and then you can just scan the mouse and it'll what, just tell you the number what about like a, a permanent spray paint qr code some of them try that but the problem is is that uh once you like spray paint or you paint or something on the mouse mm-hmm. then it's not very good at breeding because it looks different oh wow because they're you know they they just see something's off yeah, but what if you tattoo or not tattoo? You spray paint all of them, and then it just becomes normal. Like, think about how weird people uh, with tattoos looked for a long time. Yeah, I guess. And now everybody has a tattoo. Yeah, except for you. I don't have a tattoo. Yeah, I'm pure as a wind-driven snow. Yeah, you are. Why does that too? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, some people uh, do like tail markings. Yeah, that's what so I was you just too. like put little rings on the tail, but sometimes those get washed off. Damn. Kind of. Yeah. So it's a, it's a process of sort of keeping it all straight. That's why you need a good mouse tech. That's why you need a good mouse tech. Wow. I'm going to start telling everybody about mouse techs. Because sometimes... I'm going to do a lot of research on this. Sometimes thing. if you open up a cage and they got mixed up or something, then, well, good luck. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's... Questions. Yeah, it's it's crazy. With I mean, the thing is, is like, it, it is a thing that you have to learn, though, because with goats... Like when we were working with goats, mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to mess up a goat. Like they're all physically. Well, physically they're pretty tough, but I mean, like you're not going to misplace your goat. Hopefully, yeah. Like I know that goat is Bambi, and I know that that goat is Thelma. You know, mm-hmm. are these actual names of goats that you've known from the past? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Or I'd let lettuce and broccoli. And do you guys name the mice? Or do you just refer to them as like... I don't name the mice. Skew numbers. I don't name the mice. Yeah. They're just numbers, but like for identification. Damn. But some people do. I don't know. We we name the goats, though. Yeah. How long does a mouse live for? That's a good question. Definitely shortening the life expectancy. Actually, actually the, the mice themselves are... Like the the you'd be surprised the amount of regulations that go into animal care. So like every institution has like an institutional animal care and use committee, mm-hmm. and so they maintain the the over they oversee sort of all of the animal work that's being done, and then you have on staff veterinarians and things like that. And so animal welfare is like a huge part. You have to do a lot of certifications actually to make sure that there's no undue harm that's being done, which makes sense. Which is yeah, that makes sense. Domestic mice can range from two to seven years. Two to seven. But the average mouse lives to be like 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Usually due to environmental right. factors. Yeah. A Which hawk. makes sense. No, I mean, there's no hawks in the lab. but That would be crazy. They do have a, a swoop test, I think it's called, mm-hmm. where you can study fear. And so the mice are, um, they're in like a cage and then you'll have like a screen or something like that. And it'll mm-hmm. play like a hawk swooping down. Oh, and Do so they can, react? Yeah. And so you can study like startle response. Wow. And things like that. Yeah. That's Which is like, it's important for arousal and things like that. So. Yeah. Dude. Uh, quick side note. I had a buddy. Uh, he's still my friend. Yeah, a hawk? No. Peregrine falcon. An actual friend. Oh. Human. No, no, no. Does he have a peregrine falcon? Oh, no. Do you know anyone that does? Uh, I used to know a guy that had a falcon. And he would hunt with it. Those things are... Have you seen that they come swooping down so fast? It's terrifying. That they hit the other bird. It kills the bird. The other bird's in a free fall. It'll swoop back around, fly down and catch it before it hits the ground. So impressive. So impressive. I used to house sit for that guy sometimes with uh, 
ex-girlfriend yeah. and we would have to feed his falcon oh geez and it was like in a room with a single light bulb in the center and it had like <laughs> the little blinders yeah, like horse yeah. blinders on its eyes and uh it was like in a garage concrete floor tarps up all around single light bulb in the center yeah and it was on a chain but you'd walk in there with like i don't remember what we would feed it it's straight out of like the film throw it and it would and catch it wow. it was terrifying i hated feeding that thing but back to my friend real quick this dude for years thought that aroused meant confused nice yeah so when he would get confused at like doing a math problem like this math problem's really arousing <laughs> and i like never picked up on it and then one day we were trying to get something done we were like trying to build something together yeah and he couldn't figure out his section of it and he was like dude i'm just so aroused right now and i was like <laughs> hold the phone for what reason <laughs> like what about this is arousing and he's like i just don't get it i don't get it. math don't is get, arousing you don't get why you're aroused right now and he's like no like that's like what aroused means like, no no it's no, not <laughs> not at all not even close and i had to google aroused yeah. arousal arousing for him yeah uh, big learning moment yeah i'd say that slipped under the huh. radar for a long time well, the more you know the more you know Anyways. Good on him. Yeah. Yeah. Falcons are nuts. Falcons are, I was going to ask you uh, before you said aroused and it just, my brain went off into a tangent, but I was going to ask if you've ever like hunted with a hawk or a falcon or seen one in action. Dude, they are. I've seen them. They are terrifying. That same dude that had the falcon was a a pilot as well and he had like his own plane um, and he would load up his falcon, and then he had a little—I don't even know what kind of dog it was—but it was a little terrier. Thing yeah. was an asshole. His name was Roan. Um, had to watch him too, and he was a guy. Oh, fucking sucked. <laughs> I hated dog sitting that thing. Um, but he was a hunting dog, and he would like fly to somewhere in the San Juan Islands, let his dog loose, kick up a bunch of stuff, and the falcon would just—I think rabbits—and uh, he'd come home, bag limit, just fly over there. Uh, Crazy how lifestyle. Cool is that though? Crazy life. Just to see the animals working together. Yeah. So impressive. Zero language between them other than basic communication. Not even body language. How's the bird? No, it wasn't even that, dude. It was... uh, Just the dog kicks it up, falcon. Yeah, but it was because he was managing all of it. Yeah. So he was the... That's wild. The link between the two of them. I know. That's crazy. To manage the dog and manage the hawk. And he was just facilitating this death machine. That's a beautiful system. That was so efficient. Just wild. Crazy, crazy. I don't know if we can talk about this on here. Feel free to cut this out if you want. Uh, have you ever been hunting? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, I grew up in Wisconsin. Well, I mean... We had a tree farm. Okay. Like an orchard? No, not an orchard, but like rows of pine and oak for paper and lumber. Okay, okay. Did you hunt with a bow or a rifle or... Both. Musket? Not a musket. <laughs> you ever shoot a black powder? I have. We shot them, we had like a hundred safety course or whatever. But no, we typically had rifles, shotguns, and and uh, bows and arrows. I wasn't big on the bow hunting thing. Dude, I got I had a, I mean, I had a bow hunting, or a, I had a bow yeah. that I took hunting. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't, I don't know. Bow hunting season is very long. Yeah, but it's fun. Dude. But like rifle season, you got a week, gun deer season. Like it's, you get there, you go sit in a tree. Or whatever. We had these big sort of buildings with little windows that you could slide the muzzle under. 
Yeah. That was like sitting in a propane heated thing. So it was... Uh, it's got a little... Uh, a table, farming. chairs, yeah. All that. You just wait for the deer to come by. You know. I was sight lines. Know, <clears throat> I, I mean, uh, let's see. I shot a few deer. Nothing like too big though. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and um, just like a couple nubs and stuff like that. Yeah. But anyways, because um, I would just like go out there and then, you know, play your Game Boy or whatever and yeah. sit in the, the heated thing. Or once in a while, you'd sit out in the, the freezing cold up in a tree Dude. and just freeze for a while until something goes by. So it was all like tree stands though. Like, yeah. My brother was more Wisconsin? into it. What's that? How flat is Wisconsin? Like Pretty what's flat. elevation out there? It's, Does it exist? No. Okay. It's flat. I've never been to Wisconsin, so I don't know. There's like the a hill geography. in the state somewhere. Man, I bet those maps are easy pain in the ass. <laughs> you know what a two-point resection is? No. So when you're like doing land navigation, so say we were sitting right here and I have a compass, yeah. and you shoot a direction with a compass, it's called an azimuth, huh. and you have to declinate it to account for... Anyways, that's going off the rails. The point is, if I shot an azimuth to... The space needle. So looking at my compass. Yeah. I get a direction in degrees to the space needle. And I can look on the map and plot the space needle. And then you make a back azimuth, which is just 180 degrees. Whatever you just shot. Minus 180 degrees. Uh-huh. Um, and then say I shot another azimuth to Tallarico's. Okay. And I point that and then I draw it back where the two lines intersect is where you are on a map. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can figure out where you're at. Sure. If you ever get lost, you can find like a peak. If you know it's this peak, if you know that Mount Rainier is over here and you know that this other peak is right here, you can plot them on a map, shoot an azimuth to both, get the back azimuth and figure out where you are uh-huh. in location. Easy. Super easy. Super, super easy to figure that shit out. When I was doing all my training in Oklahoma, which is flat as fuck, <laughs> we got lost at one point on the land nav course. There's nothing had, to shoot it to. There's nothing, dude. The contour lines are ridiculous, which are like the, the yeah. lines on a map that dictate elevation gain and whatnot. And there's, you know, different types of um, contour lines. There's like three different types. Anyways, we got lost at one point and it took us like 45 minutes to do a two point <laughs> resection because we had to like climb this little hill <laughs> out there and there was like rattlesnakes everywhere. We get to the top and I'm like standing on top of this rock. Yeah. Like, hanging onto a tree. So I can see something off in the distance. And the plots that we pointed were like 10 clicks away. Yeah. Like there's 10 kilometers away where we had to draw this back asthma. So it was fucking stupid. <laughs> it was stupid. And it, it just made me think of that. Like if I got lost in Wisconsin. You just climbed the tallest thing that you can find and just look. Dude, I'd have to be full blown fucking Copernicus navigating by the stars because yeah. this is not happening for no. me. Like yeah, you're stuck. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. It- but if you're in a tree stand, it doesn't matter. My hunting experience out here is like Pacific Crest Trail area. Yeah, I guess it is kind of, since there are so many hills, I never really realized the navigating the woods here is pretty easy. I mean, it's like easy to get Because you can kind of understand where the hill and where the mountains are. And yeah. you can sort of have a relative understanding of where you are if you get I mean, if you're around. good with a map, yeah. Because you can do those things. You can do two-point resection. One-point yeah. resection is the same thing, except you don't have two points to look at. You're on a road or like a stream or a river, something that's on the map yeah. that you know that you're in it. Like if you know you're on this forest service road, you can just point a direction to something and then where uh, that line intersects with the road or the waterway, you know that that's where you are. You but know, if you get turned around and you're not by a river, Wisconsin. Oh, you're done. You're done. You're toast. 
You're just going to be walking until you hear water. Dude, flare gun. <laughs> Carrying a flare gun. <laughs> like it's. In, I mean, I had a flare gun You're in stuck. my pack anyways, but. Yeah, there's not much. <sighs> Man, a lot of tangents today. Oh. A lot of tangents. A lot of tangents. It's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, I don't think I've been here. I've been in grant mode and stuff. Yeah, I think. Traveling a lot. What, it's been probably a month since we recorded anything? Yeah. I don't even remember the last time I was here. I was still working. So. Yeah, you're still working. <laughs> it's been a while. Like, still actually working, Actively too. working, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was traveling. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. people in airports. Madness. People on airplanes. Speaking of bringing back the chimp empire. Mm-hmm. The true glutton. Gluttony. Is gluttony the right word? Maybe not. Maybe not gluttony, but the true just like pure display of human decency. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. In an airport. In an airplane. Just, oof. I don't know. Airports are uh, like the Wild West, dude. It's just weird. Everyone just to complete disregard for anyone around them. It doesn't make sense. For the most part. They just will inconvenience you for the for no reason. No reason. The seat, well, I want to know the model person that those airplane seats are made for, because you do not fit in them. No, they're not me. They're, they like give you plenty of leg room. I dude, I don't have a lot of leg room. But the shoulder room, shoulder room is small. Is terrible. My girlfriend's pretty small, and she fits well on a plane. Yeah, like she fits perfectly. If into you're five six. Seat. And like 150 or below, you're good to go. Oh, yeah. Well under that. But if you're a normal sized, average sized male or something like that. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You're going to be hyper kyphotic. Whoa. Rounded back. Say that one again. Hyper kyphotic. You know how to spell that off the top of your head? H-Y-P-E-R-K-Y-P-H-O-T-I-C. What does that mean? Kyphosis just means like rounding of the upper back. Oh, yeah. So like if you see a person with a hunchback, that's like, that's kyphosis. Is that specifically for hunchbacks? Not to derail your conversation. But no. Like, you know the term nerd neck? Yeah, it's nerd neck. Okay. So it's just like the top portion. Yeah. I feel it's like that's just that's the so top commonly. portion. Lordosis is when you have that excessive curvature of the lower, like the lower spine. Because you know your spine is sort of like curved outward towards the top and then it curves inward towards the bottom mm-hmm. if you look at it from the side yeah it makes like a like, like a backwards s, s. Mm-hmm. if you're looking i guess it depends which way you're staring at the person but life is all about a yeah perception yeah you get the idea if you're perception. standing on the left side of a person looking mm-hmm. to their side it would look like a backwards s yeah the top curvature mm-hmm. the amount of curvature is the kyphosis if they have excessive amounts of curvature the bottom one lordosis is if the lumbar spine <laughs> the lumbar vertebrae of the spine or that lower portion which curves inwards towards mm-hmm. the pubic area if that's excessively curved so people with like like they're pushing their hips forward super far yeah okay so like if you think about like a person that. that's like a chameleon, you know, you're like that person's lizard like, you know, they're real hyper hunchback and then they're like sort of hips are sort of yeah. protruding forward. That's exactly that's the trifecta of unathletic abilities along with kyphosis and lordosis. Wow. Yeah. But Those uh people. I forgot where I was going with the Oh, cuz you're sitting kyphotic. Mhm. 
On an airplane. Seat. On an airplane with your shoulders sort of rounded inwards. Mm-hmm. And so you get off the airplane and your hips and your everything's sort of oh, immobile for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. No. I feel like everything gets so tight in my hips just in general. Yeah. So when I'm on an airplane, when I stand up for the first time, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Stretch out a little bit. It's so bad. But there's just like this. Uh, the uh, The person that's like holding up the flight attendant. And they have their neck pillow on and they have mm-hmm. their, the eye cover, the eye mask or whatever that's yep. just like flipped up as they're talking to them with like one, I don't know what it is, but if they're sitting there, they got the neck pillow, they got one headphone off, eye mask just slid up a little bit, yep. asking, demanding for another drink or something like that on a 45 minute flight or something. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what it is. It's just infuriating. <laughs> Dude, it's like people's lack of spatial awareness around them and just the fact that other people exist in the world. Yeah. And like you might be important in your own circle, but in the grand scheme of things, none of us are really all that important. Yeah. So like get I, your drink when it's convenient. Like if you're calling over the flight attendant, that's fine. But I know exactly when they got the cart and they're like, oh, what IPAs do you have? And they're like. We got Miller Lite. Yeah. <laughs> can, what's, like, can we land in Nebraska and wrangle up some boaties? And you're like, dude, I want I? my Miller Lite. So can you fuck off <laughs> and speed this thing? Get a Chardonnay. Take dude. your pretzels. Yep. Take your water, whatever, and just move on. We're all in this. T- we're all hundreds of us jammed into this tube that's shooting through the air at 500 600 miles an hour it was kind of terrifying when you think about it imagine if you like saw like if you had made the airplane transparent and you just like Dude. think about your position of your body just yeeting through the sky <laughs> so <laughs> crazy. like if you remove all the contacts it's pretty wild <laughs> it's terrifying sometimes i think about that when i'm on a flight i'm like there's thirty-two thousand feet of air between me and the ground right now and i'm going 600 miles an hour like this is the most unnatural thing i could imagine That's crazy i get that thought sometimes when i'm driving too yeah like if my car was transferred do you know how stupid i would look <laughs> just zipping through <laughs> Like, could you it imagine if so you only stupid. had infrared vision? <laughs> you just see these heat signatures of these people in the worst posture possible, just flying. <laughs> it would be so stupid. So stupid. Imagine like a traffic jam with just thermals. Like people just throwing their hands up constantly. Like if an alien species got here. And they couldn't see metal. Oh, dude. <laughs> they just saw You're just like, what is happening? We're the fastest species they've ever seen. They're like, on the ground, they're not that fast. But in the air, they're <laughs> cooking, dude. Yeah, they're cooking. Or even like driving. If, if they're standing, no. But if they're sitting in a couple inches off the ground. <laughs> yeah. And they got their arms forward. <sighs> yeah, super weird. Just Or even someone that's just like laying down in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. Also weird. Sideways, not moving a muscle, but cooking 80 miles an hour. (laughs) Just cooking, dude. so bizarre. When you remove the contacts from it, it really is. I don't know. Anyways, airports are just like a... a They're lawless, dude. They're lawless. When I went to San Francisco a couple weeks ago, I guess it was like a month and a half ago now. Yeah. But we were at the airport pretty early in the morning. Yeah. Drank three beers, had a salmon BLT at like 10 a.m. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. There's, yeah, time doesn't exist. Time nope. is a void. Nope. 
I've had shots of tequila at an airport at 6 a.m. <laughs> That's madness. I don't even like tequila. And the bartenders don't even think twice. No. They're like, yeah. Doesn't matter. All right. Here you yeah. go. Have a good day, sir. Yeah. What do you want? Jose Cuervo? Yeah. And you're like. It's 630 in the morning. And? Yeah. Can you dump that in some coffee? Yeah. For me? You guys got Baileys? You're like, what, what are the options it's here? Odd. Not even that. And not only that, but the weirdest drinks, the weirdest food, like. What is it with when you get on an airplane, everyone just suddenly changes what they would normally ever drink or eat? Like, suddenly everyone wants tomato juice. Like, who drinks that much tomato juice normally? Dude, or ginger ale. Ginger Can ale I get a ginger ale? When Dude, on earth do you ever drink ginger ale? You don't. But ginger ale mixed with cranberry juice, super good. Is it? Super oh, good. Yeah, cranberry juice. That's the other one. Yep. I'll take a cran. What? When just would you ever drink a cranberry juice? Not when you have a UTI. Yeah, that. <laughs> that is when you <laughs> That's drink. That's when you drink cranberry juice, yeah. Yes. Other than that, nobody drinks it. No. I don't. I hate. I don't get it. I hate that when I see I st- somebody order a tomato juice. I stare at them. They're mm-hmm. like, can I get a tomato juice and a ginger ale? I will stare. What are you doing? They don't respect themselves, I think. I don't know. Because people you are going to never drink this. No. It's gross. Ever. It's gross. It's gross. Dude. Even when somebody tries to pass off a Bloody Mary as being good. Oh, yeah. I don't like drink Bloody tomato Mary's. juice and they're like, oh, but there's vodka and spiciness in it. And you're like, I don't yeah. care. See, I've tried like, they're, they're kind of big in Wisconsin, but I, I just, I, I'm not a big bloody guy. I, I don't like it. I just, I, I've tried. It gives me heartburn like to no end. No, I don't like them. They're disgusting. Tomato juice is the devil's juice. The devil's juice. <laughs> I hate it with a passion. Dude, if I was dying in a desert, like I'm in Utah, hiking, dead. Yeah. Some hippie comes up to me. Nothing against hippies. Don't say <laughs> Disclaimer. Right. But some hippie comes up with a gallon of tomato juice. I'm dying of dehydration before I drink that damn tomato juice, dude. I can't do it. it ain't worth it. No. Yeah. I. It's so gross. And it's, it's thick. It's And it's thick. grainy. Yeah. What do they do? How do you even make tomato juice? You just blend you just tomatoes? blend it up and put spices. Disgusting. Not only that, but um, the snacks in an airport. Mm-hmm. There's so many snacks, but they're weird. Like there's I've the never terminals? seen. I've never seen like the biggest like conglomerate of of odd snacks that you mm-hmm. would not really like. They're not appetizing. No, know. it's just like odd things. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like you go into. Those normal convenience store things at the airport. And it's like you got these like weird... The Hudson News? Yeah, they got these weird things with Pringles, like 16 types of pretzels, like some odd trail mix things, and like a couple weird granola bars that you've never seen before, and then like these sandwiches that are not appetizing. No. And they're the most random sandwiches. They're not even like the traditional. Like you might No, get... it's not even like here's a club sandwich. No, it's like here's a pastrami and... Fucking tomato juice. And tomato juice. Soaked bread. Soaked bread. It's disgusting. This is a tuna and pastrami sandwich. Dude. You're like, what? I can't do it. When I go to airports, typically though, I go either don't eat, so I'll just eat before. Yeah. And then just suffer in the airport. Yeah. If I'm hungry, whatever. I'll make it through the flight. Yeah. Or I go to like a chain. Like yeah. If you got a McDonald's yeah. in an airport, I'm probably going to go there. Yeah, if you can get some food. Yeah, just something I'm thinking reliable. Of like snacks for on the plane, you know? Honestly, I don't even bring yeah, snacks. Yeah, mini on. donuts. Here's a Rice Krispie bar. Like, <sighs> what? Who picked these? I don't get it. I it's don't. It's like get let's it. go to a normal convenience store. Let's take a survey of all the least popular items that have ever been purchased mm-hmm. and put them all in one store yep. before you get on an airplane to drink tomato juice and ginger ale. 
God, I hate it. And then everyone gets off the plane and they complain that, you know, riding a plane makes them feel bad. Like, no, it's because you ate like a Laffy Taffy, a Rice Krispie bar, some weird sriracha peanut butter pretzel, and you Dude. drank tomato juice and a ginger ale. And who eats pretzels like that? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm I've never constipated been constipated when I travel. No, look at what you ate in the airport. Yeah. That's why. You're also not drinking water, usually. Yeah, you're not drinking water because you don't want to get up and pee. Nope. Which I hate that because I drink a lot of water. Yeah. And, uh, dude, before that fucking door is even closed, I got to piss. <laughs> <laughs> like, the time you, don't when you be that start to take like, off. Mm, excuse me, can uh Oh, can dude. move? See, I am actually that selfish guy, though. Because yeah. we'll be loading up and yeah, I'm, you go, you I gotta, gotta go. piss, dude. I gotta piss. So I watched I some go. weird movies on... Like, I just got back yesterday. I watched some bizarre movies. What did you watch? Uh, I watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That was weird. What is that? Uh, it's kind of like a slasher type of film. I don't know. Basically, like, it was like these uh, college students or whatever got together at this mansion, classic, and then they just start killing them off one by one, you know? But they're playing, like, this game, Bodies, 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 where, like, they run around in the dark, and then if you are the murderer you know the assigned murderer so they're playing a game yeah if you catch someone then you touch them then they have to like lay down and then if someone else finds the body then they have to scream bodies 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 and they have to try to figure out who's the murderer and stuff but anyways one person like actually died you know and then it just turned into a whole thing and then they're trying to figure out who was murdering the other person and then things were given off of you know a weird vibe and then they would kill off another person and then it turned out at the end that the first person that actually died accidentally like killed himself because he was playing around with a knife and like accidentally slit, you know. Damn. But then somebody else was like, one but then they were actually dead. like, because they were trying to figure out who the murderer was, and so they were actually like thought they were doing self defense and killing off the other people. But it turns out that no one was actually the killer. Damn. Anyways, it was terrible. No, thank you. <laughs> it was it was terrible. I do love a good who done it though. Yeah. You ever seen Glass Onion? Yes, that was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, what, God, what did we just what, watch? Oh, that? I watched the menu. Dude. Did you watch the menu? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. That shit blew. First movie I ever watched with my girlfriend. It was like a weekend. Choice. It was a very odd choice. Yeah. We had good recommendations. A lot yeah. of people recommending it to her. A lot of people recommending it to me. Yeah. We watched it and we were mind fucked at the end. Uh, it, it's bizarre. It's super, but I couldn't stop weird. watching it. No, it's a very good movie. Yeah, very I watched. I, I watched that first, which set the precedent. Yeah, and then I watched Bodies, 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 which is just a, a pure demonstration of what not to do when you think there's a killer in the house. Yeah, dude, how long is the flight from Wisconsin? It's like four and a half hours. Okay, so you're you're bullshitting me when you're like, oh, Middle America is great because you can go East Coast to West Coast in this amount of time. <laughs> four and a half hours, dude. You got enough time to watch two damn movies. Yeah, two full movies. With those Delta headphones? Those shitty little earbuds? Little white ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which the menu is, is hard until you sort of adjusted because they have like they have an odd amount of like mid, not bass, but like mid, so everything sort of sounds muffled. Mm-hmm. And then it's weird. I don't even know. It's like... I hate those headphones. It's really bizarre. So it takes you a while to adjust so then you can actually like understand what they're saying. Otherwise, it just sounds like that teacher from charlie brown just no like spatial audio so everything is just being compressed into like the single line instead of actually being in waves and like frequencies yeah no there's none of that that's weird yeah i could i always forget to bring headphones with a 
headphone jack. Same. I always say I'm gonna, and then I never do. Yeah, because most headphones now are wireless. Yeah, I haven't. I have the same headphones that I've had since like 2017 that yeah. I bought in an airport. I bought a DFW in between a flight from San Diego to Oklahoma. Yeah, because I wanted to watch a movie on the flight. I ran through DFW. So I've never run through an airport so fast in my life. That is my least favorite airport I've ever been to. Yeah, because you got to take a train sucks. or a tram to get like everywhere. Everywhere. It's stupid. So I had like a 20 minute layover or something like that. And I had to get on the tram and I just booked it and I, they were like, you know, trying to hold the plane or whatever. And then the, the lady that was scanning the tickets, Mm -hmm. cause there's just like a straight shot down. And so she's like, she's screaming, she's like, are you Nick McGrath or whatever? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's just run. Like you have 30 seconds to scan your ticket. Otherwise it closes out Yeah, or whatever. So I just dropped my bags and just hauled like. See you later, Usain Bolt. Scanned my uh, ticket, and then I had mm-hmm. to run all the way back, grab my bags Damn. that were just sitting in the middle of the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But we made it. That is sketchy. That was my experience when I went to uh, Vegas last year for ADCC. Mm. We got stuck in the TSA line for way too long, and uh, I had to go to the, the bathroom. TSA lines. And... As I'm walking up, like the lady, same thing. She was yelling my name. I didn't run because fuck that. But she, uh, I got in and the gate like closed behind me while I was walking down the little pathway onto the plane. Yeah. Sucks. Airport timing is ass. Airport's weird. They're a weird place. I don't know. Super weird place. I feel like you're either hyper productive or non productive in them. I don't do jack shit in an airport. Yeah, I, I've conceded that I can't do anything on a plane. No. It's just too, I like, I can't distracting. fit my laptop. Mm-hmm. It's not even a big laptop. It's just shoulders. Yeah. Can't, I can type like a T-Rex with my... Just, I don't get I don't get tomato juice because I'm not like that. But. You know who drinks tomato juice? People that do kipping pull-ups. Kipping pull-ups? They do tomato juice. Family ruiners. And what? Family ruiners. Absolutely. Kipping hate it i don't know should we wrap this up huh should we wrap this up wrap it up this was just a therapy session this was just a gaggle fuck about <laughs> things that trigger us <laughs> just a mess it's true life though it is rss.com slash neural network instagram tiktok youtube anything that has any sort of social media you know where to find us You know where to find us. Okay. Bye. Bye.